0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to be reading a very well-known, if you've been in church for a little while, a very well-known verse. We're starting a a new sermon series today. Let's read this verse first. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And actually that's wrong on the screen. It's verse 17, not verse 7. But if you have it, we have it on the screen. The word of God says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. I'm going to read it one more time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. See, what God is saying here to us through his word is that when you and I, we accept Christ in our lives, when you and I uh, are washed in the baptismal waters when you and I make the decision to follow Jesus, what this verse is telling us is that something new is happening in our lives. That we get a new, we get to be a new person. We, we get a new identity in Christ. And today we're, we're starting the sermon series that we're calling Who Am I? Who Am I? Because here's the thing. Although the Bible says that we are a new creation, although the Bible says that the old has gone and the new is here, sometimes we feel like things haven't changed very much. As if we still struggle with the the same issues, we still struggle with the same problems and we still struggle with the same sin, we still struggle with the same things. And But the Bible says that if we're in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. But man, shaking off those old habits and those old mindsets we had before Christ was in our lives, that's sometimes very difficult for us. And it's a process that is called sanctification, which is the process of, of, of recognizing and unlearning the old, of recognizing our old ways and understanding that we need to replace it with something new. So I want you to ask your neighbor, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence. I thank you, Jesus, because... You've been so good. We ask you, Lord, that you would speak into our lives today. That you would speak into our hearts. That today, God, we could be, that we can have our hearts open and our minds open to understand who we truly are. Speak to us, Lord, today over the next few weeks. This is so important for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. So sanctification is the the process of recognizing that the old patterns of our lives are actually keeping us from walking in what Jesus or what God wants us to be. But I just want to give you some encouragement today because... Although it says that we are a new creation, like I said, sometimes it feels like nothing much has changed. But the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, he says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What he's saying is that uh, uh, that even though the old is gone and the new is here, for some of us, it doesn't happen overnight. Praise the Lord, someone. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand or raise your hand or say, hey, pastor, that's me. But think about it. How many of us here? still struggle with some of the same things we were struggling with before we met Jesus, before we gave our lives to Jesus, before we were baptized. There are people here that still struggle. They still struggle with with their anger. They still struggle with their doubt. They still struggle with, with addictions. They still struggle with different things. And we're thinking, well, Christ says that we're new, but I still feel this old. But... Paul said, go ahead and, and go to the next one. He said, I'm confident. He began a good work in you and he will complete it. This is good news for you. This is good news for me. Because he says he will carry it on to completion until when? The day of Christ Jesus. I'm just seeing if you guys are paying attention, okay? He'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When is the day of Christ Jesus? When Jesus comes back. For his church. So that means that as long as you and I wake up every morning, as long as you and I are drawing in breath, Jesus is still working on us. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is still working on me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Jesus is still working on me. And as we go through this series, I, my prayers that we can help, that we can somehow recognize the, the root of shame in our lives and the, and the defenses that we use to cover shame, to see anger for what it really is and to see how lasting change. This, this good work, this good work in our lives that Jesus, that God began in our lives is supposed to be changing us. We should be able to look back and say, wow, Daniel from a year ago is no is not the same as Daniel now. Yes, there are some things I still need to work on. Yes, I'm not where I need I want to be, but I am getting there. I see the growth. I see what God is changing in my life. So, I'm going to tell you a story. I was probably in 10th or 11th grade and My brother, um, he was, some of you know, he was sick. Even back then he was sick. And we were going to go take him to the hospital to the doctor. There was some kind of appointment. And my dad told me, hey, um, I I want you to go because I might have to leave for a little bit. And I don't want Ovet to be there by himself. So just don't go to school today. Um, I was like, "Oh, cool! I, I get just miss school today." I wasn't even expecting. He said, "But call school, tell them that you're not, tell, t- tell them that you're not going to school." I said, "But I can't call. They're not gonna hear. They're not gonna take it from me." He's like, "Well, just tell them it's it's me. T- just tell them that I'm the one calling. Just say it's you. You know, just pretend it's me. Just pretend that, that I, you know, just pretend that you're me." He says, "Oh, I can do that. Okay." So I called Mrs. Whatever her name was. I can't remember, but she was not the nicest person. Very, very, had always had a scowl, always seemed like she was upset, always seemed like she was out to get somebody. So I get on the phone and um, I ask to speak to my administrator and she gets on the phone and, and she says, hello. Um, and I say, hi, I'm just calling to let you know that Daniel Hassel and Nobel Hasso are not going to be at school today. There's, there's a doctor's appointment. She's like, oh, Okay. Um, who's calling? This is my dad. As soon as I said it, I realized the mistake I made. I realized that I had just given it all away and I realized that I was very embarrassed. And I was going to have to face her the next day. And she says, Daniel, just tell your dad to call me. I was like, yes, ma'am. And I hung up. Now... Maybe for you it was something else, but in that moment I felt a little ashamed, I felt embarrassed, but many of us have gone through moments where something happens in our lives and we feel shame, we feel embarrassed, we feel like people are, are just looking at us and as soon as we pass by they're talking about The shame that we're feeling. They're talking about whatever it is that caused the embarrassment. Now, what I shared was kind of funny. But there are things that I'm not going to share with you that have shamed me. There are things that maybe you have gone through that you don't tell everyone. Everyone. Maybe it's a family secret that if people found out that this thing happened in your family, you would be, you're just ashamed of it. You don't want nobody to know. Maybe it was something in your life that that happened and no one knows about it and, and you're ashamed of it, you're embarrassed of it. This is what I want to tell you today. Sin in our lives causes shame. It constantly reminds us that we are not enough. In that moment when I called my administrator, I knew I was lying to her. And as soon as I got found out, I felt embarrassed. I felt shame because sin causes shame. Sin causes me to feel that I'm not enough. It it leads, my sin leads to insecurity. But let me tell you, church, Jesus is the answer to our insecurities. Jesus is the answer for our shame. Jesus. It's Jesus. Then there's three things today. I I, I don't think I'm going to take too long, although I always kind of jinx it when I say that, right? But here we go. There's three things I want to let you know today about sin. Number one, our needs were meant to be fulfilled by god but sin got in the way three things about sin that maybe you know or maybe you hadn't thought about it this way but now that you look at it you're like yeah that's true our needs were meant to be fulfilled by god but sin got in the way. See, we are all born with some basic needs in our lives, right? We all need safety. We all need the connection with others. And we all need acceptance in our lives. When God created man, when God created human beings, he put them in a garden that we know is called Eden, right? Because the Bible says that he created man, placed them in the garden of Eden. And in the garden of Eden, when you read the Bible, in this first part of man's life, they were, he was fulfilled, He had everything he needed. There was safety there. There was a connection with God there. There was an acceptance by God for man in that place. But then sin entered the picture. And sin caused us to be separated from God. Sin caused us to be separated from his love. And now Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read it quickly. You don't have to look for it. We'll have it up here. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, just kind of to remind you of the story." For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the leaves of both of them were, the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for Themselves. See, Adam and Eve, they were in the perfect situation. They were in a garden where the Bible tells us that God would walk in their midst. They would have conversations with him. But the moment that they disobeyed the commandment that God gave them, the moment that sin entered into their lives... All the access they had to safety, all the access they had to the connection with God, all the access they had of being accepted was removed. Because if we were to go on to read, the Bible tells us that because of their sin, because of their disobedience, they were cast out from the Garden of Eden. And they were, they were given now, uh, uh, they were told and they were given the task that now you must work for your food. And now you must labor. And it's not going to be easy. And now when you have children, you're going to labor, Eve. And now, uh, Adam, when you're going to plant uh, uh, crops, it's not going to be easy. It, the land is not going to be as fruitful because of the disobedience. Because when sin gets into our lives, all the basic needs that we require, there is a blockage because there is a something that separates us from God, and that is our sin. God is the only place where we find the perfect fulfillment of all of our needs. You need safety? Seek God. You need a connection with someone with something? Seek God. It's God. You need acceptance. You know, even the psalmist says, even if my mother and my father were to leave me with all that, if I have God on my side, that's all I need. But sin comes and blocks. It gets in the way of God doing what he wants to do in our lives. It's not that God doesn't want to do it anymore. It's that there's something that is blocking there's something that is keeping us from what God wants to give us. And because sin severed our relationship with God, we seek listen, especially there's a lot of young people here. Because sin enters our lives and we still need our, our needs to be fulfilled. Guess what? We start fi- trying to fill our needs in other people. I, I start looking at my wife. As if, as if she can fulfill every need. And guess what? She's not God. She is not perfect. And the moment that she fails me, there's friction in the family. And I'm, I'm the same way. She may, if she looks to me, if she's looking to me to fulfill every single one of her needs, the day is going to come when I will fail her. And when you and I start looking to people that, that they're gonna fulfill my needs, they're the ones, now I can walk straight, now I can walk, hold my head high because now I got this boyfriend, now I got this girlfriend, now I have this connection with this person. The day that they fail you because they are human beings, they will fail you. What happens? We begin to question well, who am I? What happened? Was it wasn't me. What did I do? Why am I not accepted? Why, am I, why, why is this connection being disrupted? Our fulfillment of needs only comes through God. If we can have our relationship with God where it needs to be. The day that my wife fails me, not because she wants to fail me. It's because she's human. And it's not because I want to fail her. It's because I'm human. The days that we fail each other, we can still work through our issues. We can still work through our problems because my relationship with God is strong. Because my connection with God is strong. But if sin is in the picture, if sin is in my life, and it's reigning, and it's governing me, and it's leading me, then it becomes very difficult. Then it becomes very difficult in our lives. Look, every child is born, right? We just recently had a, a, a baby born in this church. Amen. And everyone here has probably carried him already. And, but you know that every baby that's born, you can't just say, all right, you're born... I'm going to put you down. You fend for yourself. You can't do that. Babies are helpless. Our children are helpless. Then as children become adolescents, teenagers, they're still needing some things in their lives. They're still needing Their parents' help. They're still needing the acceptance of peers and friends. They're still needing connections in their lives. And then when we become teenagers, we become young adults, we become adults. Guess what? Even as adults, we still need connection. We still need acceptance. We still need love in our spirits, in our spiritual lives. We are always going to be like those babies we can't be, as they say, lone rangers and say, I, I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody in my life. I can, I can figure this thing out by myself. Why? Because God, we were designed for God to be in our lives. And God is the only one can, who can fulfill those needs. So that's the first one, that, that that sin gets, into, gets in the way for God to fulfill our needs. Number two, the second thing I want to tell you, sin leads to shame and makes us want to hide. Yeah. See, most of us have experienced guilt. Man, I messed up. I did something wrong. Guilt is something that we experience, but shame when we experience it, tells us shame is leads to us to think that there's something wrong with me. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep looking at that? Why do I keep talking to this person? Why do I keep not being honest? Why do I keep going, falling into the same trap over and over? And sin leads us to shame, it makes us want to hide. Our sin separates us from God who was meant to fulfill all of our needs. And when we sin, we immediately feel shame. And See, here can, here's the thing, guys. Shame appears in different forms. When we don't get safety in our lives, we feel shame as abandonment, right? We, we feel abandoned. No one's ever there for me. No one cares for me. No one thinks of me. When, when we don't, if there's sin in our lives and we don't get that connection that we desire, what do we feel? We feel rejected. I don't have any friends. People don't understand me. And when we don't have that acceptance that we, that we need, we feel shame as humiliation. Uh, I'm going to tell you another. I don't tell a lot of stories about myself, right, but I'm going to share another story. I was probably about 10, 11 years old. We went to Mexico. And um, we were at my grandparents' house. And the cool uncle, everyone's got that cool uncle, right? In your family, like, oh, that's, I want to be like him. And he's young and strong. And, and he could—he knew karate. This is, my, this is my cool uncle, okay. He was the youngest and we all wanted to be like him. We all loved him. And we thought he was so cool, so amazing. Uh, I mean, he was a superstar. He could sing, he could play, he was amazing. Everything he did, it was like, it was awesome. And I remember that we were at my grandparents' house and he shows up. He's like, I'm going to be here for a few days. And you were like, Yes, we get to spend time with our uncle, right? And um, he's teaching us karate. And uh, I mean, it was lame, okay? It was lame. Now looking back at it, it was kind of lame. But back then, it was cool. It was cool. And I remember that one day he, he left early in the morning. We were there and we're all like, where, where did Uncle, where did Uncle go? Oh, he, he had to go into town, so he said he's gonna come back. Then a few hours passed by, and then all of a sudden we hear our uncle driving up and, and we're like, Oh, okay, Uncle's here. And we drive, we run up, and and he says that um, hey, I got you guys something. He got us something. Wow. My uncle said, Yeah, go inside, I'm gonna take it inside. So we go inside, me and my brother, we're all excited, what did he get us, what did he get us. He comes in, he's got this little guitar. Again, he was a musician, and, uh, and he was an amazing musician. He is an amazing musician. He brings this guitar, and he says, Obed, look what I got you. I'm like, ooh, he got him a guitar. I wonder what he got me, I wonder what he got me. Then he starts showing him some cords and stuff, and then I'm just waiting patiently. I'm waiting patiently, and he just keeps going, going. And I start realizing something, and as I'm waiting patiently, as my patience begins to wane, I begin to realize that he didn't get me anything. Yeah, I'm still traumatized from it, I still carry the scars. (laughs) And I, I begin to realize hey, he didn't get me anything. Soon my disappointment, because I got really disappointed, my disappointment turned into anger. I walked out. I forget them. He's not as cool as I thought he was. To this day, I haven't even told him this story. I, I, I don't think he even remembers it. I do. <laughs> it was real from my heart. But... My anger turns into, so my disappointment turned into anger, then my anger turned into embarrassment. I was like, why was so, I I remember thinking, why was I wanting something? Why was I expecting something? And I began to think, you know, maybe he doesn't like me as much. So all these thoughts, I mean, it's a 10-year-old, right? And, And, and. when we get rejected, when we feel rejection, we we it causes our hearts to hurt. And when we don't get that acceptance, we feel rejection in our lives and we begin to question a lot of things about who we are. I know this is I'm not the only one that something like this has happened to. We have all walked into places where we felt that we were wanted, we felt that people wanted us there and all of a sudden we're forgotten. And because we feel shame, we feel rejected. Our hearts hurt. We don't understand truly why things are happening. And then we feel like Adam and Eve. What did Adam and Eve do in verse 7? Go ahead and go to the next slide. He, they did what? After they felt God, when they hear that God was calling them, they realize that, that they were naked. It says the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked, so they sewed some fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. That moment when I felt rejected, that moment that I felt shame, guess what? I made a covering for myself. I began to act like it didn't bother me. I began to walk around. I, I actually stopped talking to my uncle the rest of the time we were there. Again, I don't know if he noticed or not. I'm, I, I, need, I need therapy, guys, okay. But I made a covering. This is how I'm going to protect myself because I didn't like the way I felt. I am going to create this wall. Where no one can talk to me, especially the person that hurt me, especially the people, especially my wife. She shouldn't have done that to me. My husband, he shouldn't have done that. My kids, okay, we'll see how things are going to go now. My parents, oh, yeah, you're going to treat me that way? Well, guess what? I am going to build a cover to protect my shame. Things aren't going to be the same. See, Adam and Eve, they used fig leaves but we develop defenses for our feelings of shame in our lives. If we have shame in the area of abandonment, we, we build a defense of, of self-absorption where we, we concentrate just on ourselves. We become self-absorbed. We become, as I said, I, the rest of the time I'm here is about me now. I'm not going to spend any time with my uncle. I'm not going to spend any time with those people that rejected me. I'm not because of our feelings of shame. If we feel shame in the area of rejection, then guess what? We, we build a defense of, of gratification for ourselves. Yeah, I, I'm going to work hard to prove to them that they, that they didn't hurt me. I can do it. I don't need them. I don't need anyone. And we seek to gratify ourselves. We have shame in, in the area of humiliation. We, we cause ourselves to build up a, a defense of a perfectionism and control. We become controlling in our lives. We become difficult to live with. Why? Because we're building a defense to cover our shame. Because we don't want people to know our shame. We don't want people to see I I didn't want to tell my uncle, hey, uncle, you hurt me. I got to have this conversation with him, huh? I didn't want to tell him that. I was embarrassed that I was expecting something. Shame causes, sin leads to shame, and it makes us want to hide. We got to be very careful, church, with shame in our lives. The third thing I want to tell you. Number three, Jesus forgave our sin and he removed our shame. See, we read that, that verse in the beginning uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is is here what this is telling us is that Jesus he forgave all that sin in your life and all that shame that we still carry at times all that shame he took it off of us he says you're new you don't need to carry this anymore We can come out from behind the defenses that we built. We can come out from behind our walls and say, world, this is who I am. I am a child of God. I am one that is loved by God. I am one that Jesus died for. I am somebody that he has made new. When Jesus came, he removed our our sin and our shame. But Romans chapter 6 verse 6 says, for we know that our old self Was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should never, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, when we when we were born again, God gave us the opportunity to not live with sin in our lives anymore. We no longer have to live with shame in our lives. He took that off of us. But this is what you and I do sometimes. We wonder, why? Why, is so, why do I still carry shame? Why am I always angry? Why am I always upset with people? Why am I always feeling this rejection? Why? But Jesus said that we no longer need to be slaves to sin. And sin, if we don't have sin in our lives, we shouldn't be feeling shame. We, we wake up in the mornings and we say, well, it's still me. I don't understand who I am, so I'll just put on my bag of shame, and I'll continue carrying it. I'm not taking my defense off. It says I shouldn't be a slave, but I I don't quite understand what that means. So we continue carrying it. We go to bed at night. We're by ourselves. We take off that weight. But we wake up in the mornings, another day. Because I don't understand who I am. So I'll just put it on again. I'll continue carrying the shame. I'll continue carrying the weight of that sin. But Jesus said, he's forgiven you. Therefore, he has made you new. He says, we're new creations. That means that you and I have the ability to decide to put this down and to never pick it up again. I, I know it's easier said than done, but it really is that easy. It really is that easy. Look, guys, God's salvation for us. God's, uh, the, the way that he, the, the, the thing that he offers us, this new life, this new this new way of living, is not that hard. But we get so hung up because we're like, is it really that easy? Yes, it is that easy. Stop carrying the shame. Stop worrying about what others may think. Just worry about who, God, what God thinks about you. God looks at you and says, I died for you. I sent my son for you. I think the world of you. I love you nothing can separate us from the love of God there is nothing that can keep us from him put down the shame put down the sin you're not a slave anymore he has made you new when you're asked hey who are you I'm a child of God I've been freed. I've been delivered. I used to live a certain way, but you know what? God is still working in my life. And yes, there are little hiccups along the way, but I know who I am. I am his child. I am his child. Every day we need to choose. We must choose not to pick up our old defenses not to be self-absorbed, not to scratter, not just to look for gratifying to gratify ourselves, not just not looking for always wanting to control everything in our lives, and instead we need to embrace what Jesus did on the cross and our new identity in Him. We need to identify the areas in our lives of shame that. That we haven't surrendered to God. We haven't put them down. We still carry them. We're still carrying them. Who am I? What would happen? What could happen in your life? What would happen in our lives? What would happen in our church if we could start truly seeing what shame is in our lives? Because God doesn't come into our lives to shame us. If we could truly see that shame is just something that the enemy uses to weigh us down. To not be able to stand straight and to not be able to do the things that God has called us to do. What would happen if we could truly understand that? Yeah, I've got a past. We've all got pasts. Let me tell you, my future is brighter than my past. I just want to tell you today that your future is brighter than your past. Your future, if you are in God, it says that you are new. I read the verse earlier. It wasn't part of my message. But he says, stop looking at the former things. Stop looking at the past. All you need to look at is to the front. I am making a new way. I am doing something new in your life. But can you accept it? Will you set that down in your life? Let go of that sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to shame in your life. Let it go. And I know this is hard. But sometimes the reason we feel the shame, the reason we can't let go of the sin is because it's a secret. No one knows. And as long as it's a secret in your life, it's going to have power over you. That's why the Bible speaks of us confessing our sins. Confessing to God. When was the last time you prayed, Lord? We all pray, Lord, forgive me. Help me be better. Purify me. Sanctify me. But how, when was the last time you got real with God? Lord, forgive me because I looked at that pornography I shouldn't have looked at. Lord, forgive me because I lied to my wife. Forgive me because I lied to my parents. And I said that I was going to go to this place, but I really went and met with this person. Do we get real with God or no? Because when you and I can speak it and release it to God, that's when you and I can truly take it off of our backs. But as long as we're trying to keep it from God and as long as we're trying to keep it from others... You know what? We're going to be carrying it. And I'm not telling you to go reveal your secrets to every single person. I'm not telling you to put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram. You find somebody that you know that loves you. You find somebody that you know that cares for you. And you tell them, hey, I need to talk to you. We all need to find somebody to talk to. It may be your pastor. It may be your parents. It might be a really good friend. you got to make sure that there's someone trustworthy. Because there's power in releasing the sin and speaking. And say, you know what? Even James says in chapter 5, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. He's not just talking about physical healing. He's talking about spiritual healing. We cannot be healed of our shame. We cannot let go of our sin because we don't confess. And we go through life wondering who we are. Well, God says I'm a new creation, but I'm not too sure. Because I still feel the weight of sin. I still feel the weight of shame. I'm going to ask you to stand.